apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.any-mac.com. Email him at csawyer at any-mac.com or give him a call. 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345. Corporate NMLS number 338923. Any Mac Home Mortgage is equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC. DBA, Any Mac Home Mortgage. Lo-Fi Direct. Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent. License Lender. Broker Number, ML338923. Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923. Rhode Island License Lender. License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Am I starting or are you starting? Uh, we're going to start with you. <clears throat> All right. Well, welcome, everybody. This is uh, the Following Flames podcast, the only podcast with, as you can tell, everything figured out, all the bumps ironed out, nothing wrong with it. Everything is planned ahead, and we are good to go right from square one. I'm Robbie McCluskey, and uh, who's joining me today? It's me, Joe Aguirre. Believe it or not, we met before the show for like 15 minutes. Yep. And uh, didn't stop the problems from occurring. No, no, we talked about everything, but this is just like high school. 15 <laughs> minutes of prep should be good enough for everything that's going to come at me there in the day. Yeah. You know, it's funny, Robbie, because you were a student of mine. And, and there's one thing I always say when it comes to broadcasting. And when I say broadcasting, I mean, just at large, winging it is never a good idea. Winging it is a last resort. Unless that's the stylization. If your entire thing is winging it, if your entire maybe. style is winging it, it should be super prepped and you should come across as winging it like a rapper who freestyles. Yeah, well, depending on what kind of freestyle you're talking about, like, is it just coming up with something purely off your mind or is it saying yeah. lyrics you've already or going yeah. for lyrics just on a random beat? It ends up being, well, it's both. It's both of those things. I love freestyle rappers, especially when they're on the a side of the street there. They pull somebody over. They start rapping about your bandana and your white shirt and the fact you look like Macaulay Culkin. And it all rhymes. It's I, that I love. Or the ones that just say, hey, give me four topics. I'll make a rap out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You ever see that, dude? Oh, God, what is his name? White guy. Harry Mack. No, I've heard, I've heard the name. I, I haven't I haven't heard Harry Mack, though. Oh, is that essentially uh, what he does? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. He uh, actually found him during COVID. He because uh, he's always super upbeat and positive in everything he says, but he's smart. Mm-hmm. Somebody uh, gave him the word orange to rhyme, and he did a rhyme. It was really good. It's just super smart, dude. Um, I got a buddy, Audemars, uh, local rapper in Hartford, who is a absolute dynamite freestyle guy. He does the same thing. He start rapping about everything in the room. Mm-hmm. It just it occurs like these guys go on with like Sway or one of these big time shows and oh, they're just spitting. It's like, nah, I don't know, man. Some of that felt like, you know, like it's an all star freestyle jam. Mm-hmm. Not buying it all the time is all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, you, sometimes you just got to go with the if it's on the Internet, it's not real. Like almost yes. everything on TikTok where it's like, oh, my God, that happened. No, it was scripted. They just. You know what I've been seeing a lot? And this is messed up. And there used to be rules for this. They would cut your thumbs off. I've seen a lot of people sharing magic tricks on uh, social media. Do you ever uh, wonder how they do this? Or they show you like where the people do the flip and you got a guy dressed in like a green screen like jumpsuit and he does all the flipping parts. Yep. Well, Penn and Teller were the only ones who were kind of accepted when it came to revealing different secrets because that was their entire shtick. But everyone was like, there was a show on Fox in the mid 2000s around the time Arrested Development was on where they had the masked magician and he was like revealing secrets. Well, you remember that? I don't remember that mainly because I think that was mostly with magic tricks. And around the time of Arrested Development, I was focusing on illusions, Joe. They're illusions. Yeah. Not tricks are what tricks. whores do for money. My bad. Wait, did you um, know that, Did you know that uh, there were two different versions of that line? What's the other version? So on on I can't remember which one was on TV and which one was on the DVDs, but Joe would say. A trick is something a whore does for money. And then he'd see the ca- the kids and he'd be like, or candy, which I think <laughs> is the TV version. But on the DVDs, he was like, a trick is something that a whore does for money. And then he looks at the kids and he's like, or cocaine. Or cocaine. Yeah. All right. I've seen that version. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, the hilarious. first couple times I saw it, I was so confused. I thought it was like the Bernstein or Bernstein bear thing. What is that? Is that like the Mandela effect? The Mandela effect. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, uh, crimes, conspiracies and beyond another podcast I'm on. We did an episode on that and I did very poorly. <laughs> and for anybody who's wondering, Nelson Mandela is alive <laughs> still. Um, uh no maybe he did just recently die did he just die was, was the whole i was gonna I say was, was the whole struggle trying to know whether or not mandela was alive or dead that's pretty much what the mandela effect is based on the idea that most people thought he died in the 80s and then there were other people like no he died in like 2008 and he was alive but now i think he's died since but the fact i don't know just makes it all the more funny Normally, yeah. I would look something like that up, Robbie, but I feel like not knowing really kind of more or less plays into the Mandela effect. It's also like we've become kind of numb to random pranks where people say that different celebrities have died and they're just they go on social media and they're like, no, I'm still here. Good to be trending again, though. Yeah. Who wouldn't want that? You know? Yeah. Well, that sounds I mean like a nightmare if you're literally on a conspiracy podcast not knowing if the subject is dead or alive oh yeah yeah well it's funny because 
you know, I, I, I'll ask you another one. Do you remember what year or roughly what time frame Sandra Day O'Connor passed away, the former Supreme Court justice, first woman on the bench? I thought that was the woman who sang Nothing Compares to You. That's Sinead O'Connor? Yeah, no, I'm just messing with you. No, I did did not remember the time she died. Yeah. Oh, Sinead O'Connor is? Sinead O'Connor is also dead. Yeah. Sandra Day O'Connor, by the way, is alive. She's 93. And she's no longer on. She resigned. She stepped down for health reasons and for some reason. But right again, Supreme Court justice. When did that person die? You assume every one of them that's no longer on the bench died because it's a lifetime appointment. Most of them stay until death. I wonder how many people have done that. How many pre-death? It seems like it would make a lot more sense for, like, if you're a Supreme Court justice, you don't have to do it until you're dead. Um, right. Like, it seems like it would be less of a shock as opposed to, like, when that the, the Pope retired. Right. And yeah. then I was like, oh, great. I've got the guy before me still able to judge me in public. Right, yeah. God's vicar on earth gets the rest of his time off. <laughs> If like, listen, if you didn't think like religion was man-made and understand it all started with the Catholic faith. So any version of Christianity, you you started from that place. Just remember that the idea that God's representative on earth can retire and get replaced by, you know, another guy. That's a weird thing. Yeah. But if he's the Pope, he might have access to some of the most ancient original documents and i'm sure like the original religious scriptures were probably like yeah if you want to retire go ahead have you ever been to the vatican uh no the only place outside of the u.s i've been is uh canada and my family's from england so i've been there um but that's about it i I need to get out a little bit more i need to venture around i've been to the vatican and uh i took a tour from a non-Vatican sanctioned tour group and they give you the actual history of the Vatican. Like the year there were three popes because the popes kept killing each other to become the new pope. (laughs) Man-made. 100% man-made. I can't, mainly because I was born just a few years after probably, but I can't claim to know what the original, original religious practices were but i feel like even the most devout religious people nowadays wouldn't be able to claim that because it's been revised by so many different cultures like the king king george king yeah king george bible right not king james 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 okay yeah i feel like i was just thinking of lebron too much i was like it can't be king james but uh, yeah the king james bible has been heavily revised there have been a lot of things lost in translation Honestly, if people today saw the original religious text, they'd probably be like, oh, this is just like the scribblings of a madman somewhere. C.S. Lewis, the author, was a Christian apologist, and he had a great quote one time. And understand, he's a religious apologist. He said, either Jesus and the gospel are the rantings of a madman, or you must believe that he's the son of God. And I thought, how well put, I'll take the first part. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I was just telling my one of my kids recently who didn't wasn't even aware of it. But I mean, you know what Y2K was? We thought oh my the God. world was going to basically be over because the computers ran everything and it wasn't going to recognize zero zero. It was going to think it was 1900. The financial system was going to collapse and chaos was pending. <laughs> 
Well, it was because at the time the way computers were the the programming of computers didn't allow for calculations or uh, and this is a, a very basic understanding, not a hundred percent sure, but the the number two thousand was like the upper limit. So essentially, when they thought it rolled over, they didn't know how computers would react to it reaching the limit of their systems. So they thought like, oh, everything's going to collapse. The codes are going to go down. The nukes are going to fly up into the air on their own. And would you know it when it happened, just like most people's computers, uh, they just kind of just stop. Then, of course, there was the the Mayans predicted the end of the world in 2012, which later got, no, it was 2021. We had the numbers wrong. It didn't happen either time, despite a worldwide pandemic. Well, the rapture uh, was for, before 2012 as well. There was like another, there was the end of the world based on the Mayan calendar, but there was also the rapture where they pictured everyone disappearing, like uh, uh, all the, I don't know if it was Christian, Catholicism, uh, uh, any religion um those who followed a certain religion were going to and the simpsons did this um this actually happened and like this is the base of the movie this is the end with like seth rogan and everyone where the rapture happens and everyone just disappears and those that are not following that religion are left on earth to be damned and consumed by the monsters of hell Sure. Yeah. Listen, my greater point, though, is how wrong people are all the time about these things like the, the, the whole QAnon movement. Donald Trump was supposed to get put back in the office and arrest all the Democrats who are running like this child pedophile ring. Mm-hmm. Hillary and Obama and Bill. And, oh, yeah. And it's like, dude, how many times? Can you see the same things happening over and over again and it never comes through and people still seem to believe those things in those people? Like, I don't understand that. Yeah. Here's the well, other thing. Here's the thing about Christianity that everybody, everybody needs to understand was if you actually read the Bible and I was a Roman Catholic, believe me, read that thing cover to cover multiple times. Jesus was very much speaking about the end of the world being very imminent. And we're like 2000 years past that. He said that the end of times was going to happen within the apostles lifetime. They're all dead. And the church, you know, moved, moved the, uh, the field goal, uh, moved the goalposts and basically was like, no, they mean like all of Jesus's disciples, not just the 12 that worked for him. And it's like, no, that's what he said. That's what he meant. In their lifetime, and well, yeah, none of it came. None of it came true. Things moved a lot slower years, back then, Joe. Sure, but it's two thousand. Yeah, it's two thousand years of like, dude. You know, this guy's not coming back, right? Like that clearly was all nonsense. You got to know that by now. And people put so much into like this idea of Jesus, like as if Jesus is going to come back to where America. He's never been here. He would be as lost as Christopher Columbus if you brought him on the North American content. And you were like, this is Texas. He wouldn't know where that was. He would have dis- that would be his first time in Texas or even hearing of it. Well, he was in the Middle East at the time, so I feel like Texas wouldn't be too far off from the climate. He'd just be like, oh, things look a little different, but this must still be the same area. A little less sand, a little less desert until he saw people like going around in giant monster trucks with big irons on their hips. But 
He would also think it was 1895, judging by some of the wardrobes of those people. Yeah. Let's be honest, though. If Jesus was just a regular dude, he'd probably be like, oh, my God, you can get a big gulp for 75 cents. Water's a dollar twenty-five. What the hell? This place has everything working out. Jesus would be so much more fascinated by like <laughs> if he learned the system. I feel like every person from history that we worship would just be like fascinated by the dumbest things that we'd eventually be like, oh, these people really have no concept of what we deal with. Do you remember during the Obama administration when they put limits on the size of big gulp drinks? That was and, like the big the big hot topic for a while was was you you couldn't buy like a 64 ounce big gulp. Yeah, I don't remember and exactly so people what it was were, tied to. I remember supersize me ultimately led to a lot of companies toning down the limits or like the the biggest sizes of stuff because it was like complete disregard for public not sit go food bag they doubled down and doubled up and state legislature i think in new york passed a bill banning it banning anything bigger than 32 so it's like oh so i gotta buy two 32 ounce cups fine well if you want to that's not argue. curbing anything. That's not solving any problems. But it is making the individual more responsible for their own like bad choices for themselves. Yes, but, and I suppose ordering a second cup would burn a couple of calories for that fatty. Yeah, true. But I don't know. There, there's always that like trying to find that balance between like, okay, we need to make laws that preserve like the health of people. Yep. I but hate that, it, by the way. We don't want to thought... infringe on people's individual rights and stuff. Yes. Listen, if you want to drink a 64-ounce Big Gulp, knock yourself out. Like, to, again, to me, that's one of those things where, like, people are always so willing. If it's, right, you're not a 64-ounce Big Gulp kind of guy, are you? I'm not a soda kind of guy. The only thing I drink is, like, ginger ale. That's because... I can't drink straight whiskey. So I used to go and get high C fruit punch, big gulp from my sit go, not big gulp. I forget big gulp of seven 11, whatever. Oh, wait, I, I, I do. I do indulge in Baja blast because of Taco yeah. Bell. Yeah. Baja Absolutely. blast. I can't ignore, but that's like, that's like a compliment to the meal. I'm not going out and just buying Baja blast. Well, it's not available, but I wouldn't, if it was, well, you don't know that. Cause it's not. Actually, they did have it available in 12 packs a few summers ago. Baja Blast used to be my shit, so I knew it for a while. But it was like a summertime release at Walmart kind of deal. Why do you think people are okay with the government telling them what to do or what to have or when to have it or who to have it with? Why would anybody? I don't understand that line of thinking. Could you could you repeat that question? Just uh, I can't what understand people? why any single American would be against a big gulp, a gun, an abortion, any any right that we have. Why would you want the government to intervene on or or to prevent somebody from having a right? I don't understand that. Well, so that's the, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, um, and I was actually thinking about it kind of in reference to possible avenues of internet reform mainly because I, I i thought a lot about previous actions that we took with things like asbestos 
or building materials like lead pipes, those kinds of things that we discovered had a serious negative impact on health. And those are very like a lot of people ended up getting cancer or I think with lead, it was like a lot of mental issues, mental disorders. And I, I can't confirm this, but I did hear a lot of people say that like higher numbers of serial killers during one era was associated with just the, 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 the prevalence of lead pipes and what like lead being in water a lot and stuff. So I don't have an answer for it, but I've always used it as, as a reference point where like if, a lot of people are saying like mass shootings, for example, now they might be blamed on like things people see on the internet or just like chat rooms that people talk to and it's providing an entirely free area. But at what point does that negatively affect you? It's, it's, it's almost like they trying to regulate things that you can't see, which then a lot of people associate with their freedoms. But if it starts to impact people, and, and I think we'll see this a bit more in maybe in about a decade or a little bit more, especially when we see a bit more of the ripple effects of maybe popularization of social media, then there might be a case to be like, okay, we can have the internet much like a lot of other things, but we might need to add some sort of restrictions because we now have a documented case showing that it does have a detrimental effect on people's mental states. And that's always something that I'm like, tossing around because we shouldn't get it confused we've had a lot of things in the past that have been outlawed or limited simply because they do have such a massive negative effect on our health but it could be argued that it's taking away your freedom to make your own choices but if you want to make your own choices about every single thing in the world there's not enough time in the day there's not enough time in your entire life to figure out what's right and wrong for you on every single situation. So, you know, sometimes I think the government could do a good thing by like getting all the information out there as much as possible, but there's so little trust now that it's like, who do we look to? Who do we look toward? A lot of people are having positions on something based on information they see initially, and that's all they ever consider. After that, it's almost like, I don't need to change my mind. My mind's made up. It's, I was going, I, I rambling on about that, but I've been thinking a lot about it because how do you find that balance between, uh, maybe restricting some level of freedoms when it's in the interest of like maintaining a good healthy mindset or just preventing other damages because i mean with a lot of things especially with the gun debate people are like it's not the guns it's the people okay what's what's the issue that the people are facing maybe they don't have much social interaction anymore face to face so they're spending a lot of time on the internet or something and i'm not saying like ah video games are the reason guns internet i think there's a lot of communities on the internet that people can get locked into whereas even before if you're in a community in public you're going to be seeing a lot of other things you're going to be experienced things but you have the ability to give yourself tunnel vision just looking at the screen where you select what you want to see and that's something that i think could be a little bit of a concern yeah so there's a balance to be found when you're trying to go with personal health or just the health of the the citizens the community the entire country but i don't have the answers and i don't think anybody does but if we don't try anything, we're never going to learn what could work and what doesn't. Have you ever noticed nobody's ever calling for the end of a right that they really enjoy? Yes, I would argue that a lot of the time that I'm not necessarily concerned with that. But the grant in the grand scheme of things, a lot of people would be like, no, I, I like that. I don't want it to. But right. those are also uh, those are also the people that a lot of the time handle things responsibly. Like responsible gun owners don't want their guns taken away because they haven't done anything wrong. And 
the concept of innocent until proven guilty in this country, we can't start taking stuff away because the suspicion that that person is a future criminal. Again, um, that that applies based on how we feel about the subject. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. It, well, uh, I think I mentioned previously, we're very selective in the things that we have stances on, mostly because it's it's a lot of the things that we're either exposed to from the media or just things that we have personal experiences with. So. Yeah, it's, like a cop roughing somebody up and the president of the United States telling the cop to smack the guy's head as he puts him in the back of a cop car when these mm -hmm. are the people that scream due process and innocent until proven. Right? Again, it's like, well, it depends on who's getting put in the back of that car. Innocent until proven, proven guilty and due process are very hypocritical in a country with privatized prisons. Yes, of course. And for it's, anybody uh, that doesn't understand that, companies run prisons and build the government, and we pay for that with our tax dollars. And there is a lot of, there are actually a lot of products made by inmates that end up fueling the profits for a lot of other prison systems that could be considered indentured servitude. But if you're talking about the constitutional right of having that, I believe the 14th Amendment was the one abolishing slavery. And even in that, it did point 13th. 13th, 13th. Yeah. Sorry. I was looking at both the 14th and the 13th. 14th um, is, is the due process. That's where privacy yeah. and liberty is. And that was the whole thing with overturning all these other rulings. I'd actually like to talk about that a little bit more. Um, and I know you've got a fascinating clip to, to share, but um, yeah, the, the 13th amendment, uh, it, it, it did specify if I recall correctly, I usually have my pocket constitution because my grandpa is always nice enough to give me one, but um where it says, and I'm just going to look it up right now. We can all we can all appreciate the, the actual wording of it, but I believe it mentioned uh, criminal actions being an, an exception, like indentured servitude as a result of criminal actions. So let me just look that up. Now, um, mind you, the 13th Amendment was put in the place to overturn the one of the most horrendous Supreme Court cases of all time, that being Dred Scott, uh, where Dred Scott uh, was suing for the right of all black people in America to be free. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme court was like compelling argument, but no black man, not going to happen. And so the 13th amendment, uh, literally freed the slaves. And then as you get into the 14th is where you find your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the right to due process from which Miranda rights eventually came out to Robbie. People forget that. Here's the exact text of the 13th. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. So, you know, loopholes for the prison system. But oh, yeah. But well, I mean, so even, you, you've even got that case of the 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 this was a while ago, and I believe it was highlighted in Capitalism, a love story. If you a lot of people don't like Michael Moore, but I think it's a good documentary to at least have a little bit of perspective on the, the loopholes that have been taken advantage of. There was a, a judge who ended up being convicted because he was so corrupt and he was in the pocket of these privatized prisons. So he was sending a lot of kids to jail without properly hearing cases or juvenile detention centers where he was just like 
the the guilty verdict was in his head even before people walked in like uh there was even in the movie there was a, a girl who uh claimed when she walked in the first thing that he said to her and this is the judge overseeing her case he just said what makes you think you can get away with this kind of crap so if we preach innocent until proven guilty it's far from the observed practice that we're seeing which uh just another problem <laughs> So I spent a week last week on a conservative radio station. And here's what struck me the most. Not that the audience hated my guts, because of course they did. Here's what I promised, Robbie. I promised that every bit of information that I gave up over that week span, Friday to Friday, that it was it was uh, factual. Mm -hmm. It was stuff I looked up. Everything I talked about came with stats to back up what I was saying. I talked about things I think that generally made sense. I looked up when the first abortion laws were. I researched how long there's been laws on abortion. The first law uh, on abortion was in the Roman Empire, and it was to prevent uh, poison from being given to the mother because it was not healthy for the mother. And so the laws actually uh, from the beginning of time that have been on the books for abortion were all meant to actually protect the mother from dying because that used to be a real problem for human beings. Having babies was really difficult and now it's not Uh, again. There is still the possibility that you could die or your baby could die. Last week we talked about uh, an ectoptic pregnancy, Robbie, that's where, the baby forms outside of the uterus that Mm -hmm. baby's chance of survival is zero as is the mother's chance of surviving that pregnancy. A baby growing outside of the uterus is going to die. And uh, we played last week, a legislator who didn't understand why there was an exception being made for that type of pregnancy. He asked, doesn't that child, which isn't even close to a child yet uh, and won't ever be because he won't get the nutrients necessary to grow and form. Why does that child, he asked, not have rights? So, again, you've got and this is the problem with states rights is bad enough. You've got a lot of dopes in the United States Senate at the state level. It gets even worse. There's a discussion here in this state house. A doctor is talking to a state legislator who asks possibly the stupidest question of all time, Robbie, and proves that he doesn't know how the human body works, especially the female. And you mentioned the risk of colonoscopy. Can that be done by drugs? Mr. Chairman, Representative Barbieri. It can not be done by drugs. Uh, It can, however, be done remotely, where you swallow a pill, and this pill has a little camera, and it makes its way through your intestines, and those images are uploaded to a doctor who's often thousands of miles away, who then interprets that. Follow-up, Mr. Chairman. Can this same procedure then be done in a pregnancy? Following, swallowing a camera and helping the doctor determine what the situation is with the Mr. Chairman and representative uh, it cannot be done in pregnancy simply because when you swallow a pill it would not end up in the vagina fascinating that that certainly makes sense doctor follow up one more time Mr. Chairman Representative Barbieri Representative Barbieri is the chairman of that hearing 
of that committee. And he doesn't know the difference between the reproductive system and the digestive system and which potty parts are connected. This is why us libs don't want morons like Chairman Barbieri to make the law because he doesn't know the law. The lead up to that, by the way, the doctor explains that medical advances happen every day and that they're basically dictating to doctors how they should treat and, and prescribe patients. And she talked about how dangerous that is. And then this tool proves he doesn't know the most basic thing about human anatomy. That's scary. Yeah, it's uh, I've I've heard similar comparisons to them talking about things related to internet legislation and they just have no idea how that works either, but he doesn't even understand proper comparisons. Like this is it's it's as blatantly apples to oranges as possible. Like a colonoscopy compared to a pregnancy or an abortion, it's I mean, everybody's got like a colon, but it's 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 bad. It just I'm I'm almost at a loss for words for just trying to comprehend. Also, like I don't want to suggest anything, but the guy who doesn't understand like the difference between the colon and the vagina also sounds like the kind of guy who wouldn't ask for an alternative to things going up your butt in a colonoscopy. Like I'm pretty sure most pretty sure most men would be like, Hey man, is there like a way we can just do this with drugs or something like something a little bit easier drugs, dude. Yeah. It's like, uh, we're going to have to stick this tube if everybody's like, Oh, I guess you know, doctor chairman Barbie trust his doctor for that, but not for abortion obsessing about someone's finger in his butthole again not comfortable with the idea of you sticking your something inside of him is there drugs that could do this again when it comes to women doesn't give a crap at all and again the, the irony is lost on a lot of people and i for the life of me i don't understand that he hears camera and vagina, and that's probably about it. He's just like, oh, yeah. well, let me ask a little bit more about this dynamic. It would make sense if there were more doctors in legislatures that understood this sort of stuff. Think about how bad COVID went off the rails because they didn't want to take it seriously and they didn't want to do anything about it. It's also probably because people in those kinds of positions that know their area of expertise don't want to deal with politics because these people make it so unbearable to deal with. It's, it's like the same as school districts where a lot of good school people running school districts are quitting because they're like, I don't want to put up with this. So now there's going to be a lot of inferior people coming into those positions. Like we don't get the, the the right people in the right positions because politics is so so much of a turnoff and so much of a clusterfuck right now that like that's got to be and and the fact that obviously like people there's so much turnover like another administration comes in everyone gets fired in those positions it's like it's no surprise we don't have the right people in these positions and then also like with dr fauci um i don't i i I mean, I I don't really have a position because I, I don't have enough information to talk on him as a person, but so many people hate him. And whenever he gets COVID, they're like, how does he keep getting COVID, huh? 
isn't he like vaccinated all the time? And I'm just like, okay, well, he's also, I would be like, well, people working for the center for disease control and those areas are probably more exposed to situations that relate to those diseases, especially if they're working in the fields with said diseases. Did you not see the movie contagion? Kate Winslet died because right? she was one of them working in those environments. Like, I have, what? I have some very good friends who are excellent scientists. Uh, one of them right now teaches at MIT in Massachusetts mm-hmm. and they're very accomplished. They're not wealthy people. Okay. Uh, the lucrative field, most, of, most mean, very intelligent can... people in their fields are not wealthy. Right. Um, Again, though, there this idea that Dr. Fauci's in it for the fame and fortune, and it's like, well, we already knew who Dr. Fauci was from the AIDS thing like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. On top of that, he's wearing the same suit he wore while he was dealing with AIDS in the 80s. It's that I mean, that guy's not bawling out as people suspect. One day, Robbie, you're going to love this. One of my former students who was um, a high school graduate, uh, about eight years later, went to CSB. She found a video of a doctor in Indiana who testified in front of a board that COVID was all nonsense, which now we know it wasn't right. So let's not forget about all that. She got into an argument with a childhood friend of mine who went to Duke uh, for uh, medical school and is a uh biologist Mm -hmm. okay um she deals in this stuff every day she during covid was seeing all of the same stuff dr fauci was seeing and she explained to me and my friend and this idiot who was commenting that you know science reacts to the numbers science doesn't dictate the numbers when there's spikes dr fauci said put your mask on When it was cool, Dr. Fauci tried to encourage us to go outside to take off our masks. Keeps changing his mind. No, he's reading the science. Science is ever changing. As as I mentioned, again, in the longer version of the clip we just played, the woman talked about thousands of medical advances happening over a few months time. Science is constantly working. But again, you, you read the numbers and you react to the numbers. Mm-hmm. And so while it seemed like Dr. Fauci was constantly changing his mind, no, there's days where there's big time cases rolling in. Well, we got to do something about it. And then when it slows down uh, again, where's the fame and fortune for Dr. Fauci? I mean, it's just again, dude, all these women uh, that, that accuse people of rape. She's just doing it to get rich and famous. How many women have gotten rich and famous off a of rape accusation, false or otherwise? Uh, I'll wait. Yeah, think on that. That woman that got super rich and famous because she got raped and or just claimed she got raped but didn't. I mean, I'm sure there was one woman at one time who like got famous, but like if you start to hear stuff like that, then usually 20 other women will come out and that fame and fortune of the one person Ready? is no longer valid. I'm going to ask you for the name of the most famous rape victim in sports. The woman that put Mike Tyson away for two years. What was her name? 
fame and fortune and everything that goes along with it as queen said what was her this name is, you don't even this know is like, this is like the kobe situation again i didn't even know about this right okay she was miss indianapolis her name was desiree washington yeah i mean i'm sure i'm gonna remember amber heard 20 years from right. now but yeah i mean i'm sure i'm gonna remember amber heard 20 years from right. now but well she's also a famous actress again this yeah yeah woman, that's true this woman desiree Just a nobody kinda, yeah was a nobody and to this day is still a nobody and celebrity wise i don't want to i don't want to discount this woman wait wait was she like lying about it or no well he went to jail so by all accounts he, you know and it was when he was okay slapping yeah. his wife and beating people up in parking lots everything about the case told you that he probably did it yeah yeah again we believe what we want to believe as mm-hmm. I was on this conservative radio station last week, spinning factual information about things like the Constitution uh, and just things in general, people got mad. Mm-hmm. People got mad at me and I was like, listen, I, uh, facts are facts. Yeah, I am um, on real that. quick. Let me give you one more. Again, this is that same idiotic thought. Yeah. Late term abortions. There were six thousand third-term abortions last year, according to Chris Wallace from Fox News. He was asking Peter Buttigieg, uh, Secretary of Labor for the Biden administration. And he asked he asked Buttigieg to defend those 6,000 murders. And Buttigieg explained that those were 6,000 women who had already had bought cribs, named babies, had baby showers were fully expecting to be mothers and had a choice between death and a baby. I can't tell you how many of those women opted to have the baby and die. I don't know. I could tell you 6,000 of them decided they would live another day and try to have another baby and maybe already had babies uh, and families that they would have needed to take care of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's so easy to make a blank statement that catches the eye or the ear and just avoid explaining the actual con- context is something that is just severely undervalued in all of these statements. And that's what's the most irritating is that like we get so into the the process of deeming something right or wrong or black and white when there's a whole spectrum of reasons for something be- like for a decision to be made especially in the case of a pregnancy, which is it's introducing a life, but fundamentally changing the life of everyone involved. And to make a decision on it with a blanket set of rules is both irresponsible uh, on on a political level, as, as far as I can see it, but it's just introducing a lot more problems where people are like, okay, we've come up with different exceptions. Like, do you want to have to keep amending a law because you just made a blanket law after a while and realized, okay, we've got all these situations that shouldn't be like, shouldn't fall into that. I mean, even there was a, let me just say that this is not necessarily verified. I didn't read the the specifics about it, but uh, I, I was hearing about a doctor in Texas who had to call a lawyer before dealing with, a woman who was having trouble with pregnancy to make sure that he could actually make a decision that wouldn't be going against the law. So he wouldn't lose his medical license. And in a situation like her, like apparently her body was filled, like the, her abdomen was filling up with blood, which can be extremely problematic because there's a lot of space in your, in your, uh, torso area for blood to pull without you ever really realizing it. Um, 
in medical in medical emergencies, it's a matter of seconds and minutes. And when a doctor has to get in touch with a lawyer, I don't know what time of day it was. It could have been in the middle of the night for all I know. It's an emergency. Then that's just then regulation is putting almost like traffic stops in the on the road of providing healthcare, which really irritates me. But on the topic of the decisions being made regarding this, I want to hear your point because I I was talking with my grandpa the other day, and he always has uh, he's very uh, right wing. And I actually value a lot of the points that he has because it at least develops my perspective and understanding of why certain things happened and why they like decisions were made and the, like the understanding of the constitution. So I actually have a much stronger understanding of legislation in the country. And what I was realizing was the problem that was associated with Roe v. Wade was the fact that it wasn't. And I, this is where I would blame other politicians i I, i'm honestly like i hate to say this but i'm taking a little bit of the blame off of the supreme court here because ever since roe v wade was ruled on they had the opportunity it it was ruled on on the basis of a violation of people's constitutional right to privacy but the right to privacy was a foundation created based on other rulings relating to different parts of the constitution there's nothing specifically saying you have a right to privacy. There's no like amendment or let me smack your grandfather the over the head like I did everybody else. They didn't cite the privacy clause in the ruling. I read the ruling. What they actually cited was the liberty clause and the privacy clause that they were talking about in that decision was between patient and doctor that you enjoy a privacy right between you and your doctor, which we all understand to be true. So the Liberty Clause is basically a right to privacy. Again, there's this idiotic thought among conservatives right now, Robbie, your grandfather, I hate to say it included, that they think they don't have a right to privacy because it's not in the Constitution, despite the fact that the Supreme Court over and over again has intimated a right to privacy through a ton of rulings. They don't want that now because it applies to this one thing that they don't like. It's idiotic. It's counterproductive. And again, it's the kind of thing that will come and bite you in the ass when they come for the guns. No, but what I'm saying is that that this has like that this argument related to that has been brought up a number of times people being like well there's no specific thing in the constitution it's like so why haven't we when we've had the opportunity put in an actual like the words like right to privacy or even a right to autonomy making decisions about because your they own don't body want you, they don't want you to have that the government doesn't want you to have that they don't want to strengthen the rights of the citizens. Again, there's going to come a time where they're they're probably going to come for the guns. And the gun people are going to be screaming like little bitches when it happens. Yeah, but and that one's I'm, actually I'm, specifically I'm, outlined in the Constitution. It's not. It's extremely vague. We, we don't understand what they meant by well-armed militia. No, okay. I, 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 this is a, again, a talk, a talk that I was having as well. With the understanding that no amendment, no law gives you absolute rights to anything, if they're all conditional, you could easily so, repeal the Second Amendment on, on that amount of vagueness if you really pushed it. Well, the real vagueness is in the definition of the term arms. The Second Amendment reads, a well-regulated militia 
being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And the way I read it initially was a well-regulated militia, the militia being the subject, and then being necessary to the security of a free state. The way I originally read it, and the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, but the proper way to read it is uh, a well-regulated militia, that being the subject, then being necessary to the security of a free state. That's a statement about militia. But then the next part, the right of the people to keep and bear arms is a breakdown of what they mean a free state is. So they're defining um, the importance of the militia and then the security of a free state. Then they're defining the importance of a free state, which is the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But honestly, the vagueness of that statement really comes in the word arms, because if you want to say like, oh, this man is armed, but he doesn't have a gun and he has a knife, then you could be like, hey, like, we're not going to infringe your ability to like hold a weapon, but like it's the same reason why people don't have personal nukes or drones like or like missile drones. It's like, okay, those are like too much for arms. And that's where the vagueness comes into play. Like I understand like, but the, the vagueness of the vagueness of literally the second most important thing on the nothing, constitution, listen, nothing in there implies you have a right to conceal carry. No, that no, I, I disagreed with that. Um, and people saying in, in infringing on people's rights to do stuff. It's like, taking driver's ed or having to apply for a license isn't infringing on your ability to drive a car. It's just like find a way to do it legally. And we sort out the options and everything. It, it's things like that. It's, it's vague. vague. Listen, but vague I, laws tend to get overturned. The more specific and detailed that your law is, the less likely it is to face a court challenge and the less likely it is to be overturned. The law in Florida, the don't say gay bill, um, the well, Florida has right to privacy laws as well, which is a absolute cluster with this whole thing now too. So, uh, that bill, um, that that bill is interesting. I read that one the other day, and it's purposely written vague. It talks about appropriateness, the district standard for, and it's like. That's not spelled out in any way. What is age appropriate per your district standards? What are your district standards? And what is mm -hmm. appropriate to a kindergarten to third grader? And community standards change even in a matter of years. So like. Right. Again, he could have written something very specific in that law, but he didn't. The only Which good law would be think, one that Robbie, doesn't need to be interpreted. Robbie, yes. But see, that makes me think this. He wants that bill to get overturned, mostly because he knows it's nonsense. But if it gets overturned, then it's him and you versus everyone that's trying to control you and your children. It's a brilliant political move. It's also like we could probably take it to the Supreme Court and guess whose side most of the Supreme Court is probably going to be on. And then you've got a Supreme Court ruling on something. It's, uh... Again, listen, I was super struck by the idea of when it came to the gun law, they ruled New York State, a state doesn't have the right to make its own gun laws. When it came to abortion, they said states do have the right to make laws. Why the difference? Yeah, it's um, and there it was I mean, it was targeted at the New York law because, I mean, 
conservatives focus heavily on Chicago, California, and New York, all of their criticism because yeah. I mean the most people most a lot of democratic areas, most people, um, and obviously I don't know per capita, but concentrated areas of crime and stuff, it's easy to find a lot of shootings that happen and stuff that are like, oh, this is because of the By the way, let me point something out that you just said, because you talk about democratic cities and you're talking about Detroit and Camden, New Jersey, right? That have been run by Democrats for years and they're crime out, cracked out Baltimore. There's a look, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of town of cities that have been under democratic control for a really long time. The 13th poorest counties in the entire country are all under Republican control in Kentucky. And so this isn't about the parties that run them. Mm -hmm. This is about leaving one party in charge and not accountable for failing you because it's the party that everybody is in town. Yeah. And it's why Robbie, I I can't stress enough why you need more, more bipartisanship. Why, why you need to have equal representation everywhere and you don't. And that's what leads to problems. You also need people that are just willing to be like, okay, we have, we understand how this vote is going to go. So let's just put it on the table. There's so many laws or votes that are just being, you know, brushed under the rug because people know how they're going to go, that they're focusing on the ones that are the big talking points right now, but are never going to get figured out because, you know, there's too much vocalization about both sides that they don't do the thing. A lot of politicians right now aren't doing the things that they know they can easily accomplish and just take off of the agenda, but they're focusing on the things that won't get solved or won't get finished. Um, And it's just, it's, and then we're just the normal citizens being like, Hey, we're, we're really getting the fallout of this and all this crap is kind of collapsing around us. But even if the government shuts down, you guys are still getting paid and stuff. So like what, what real justification do they have to change anything? Unless like I'm saying, there are so many things that we've pointed out as issues like the, I mean, even if you want to argue it doesn't specifically say privacy in the constitution or not, even though there are rulings made on it, we need to close these loopholes or the reasons that are people like are arguing. It doesn't say abortion. It's like, okay, well, I know the government doesn't want it, but we need someone like if the government doesn't want it, then that's what really like, that's what's annoying. Why the reason if we don't have those things in place is because the government doesn't want it. That's the exact thing that the founding fathers wanted to prevent. Like, a federal government being able to make decisions that go against the people because it benefits them. And that's exactly what we're talking about right now. And that's also, I think we need more than two parties because I think it's, it's, it's essentially just like the Yankees and the Red Sox hating each other, but they're just like, Hey man, I love your new golden throne. Oh, you too over there on the platinum throne. We hate you, right? I hate you too. All right. See you later at the coffee and the brunch and everything. 14 months ago, May of uh, 2021, uh, they put they tried to codify Roe v. Wade and it failed in the Senate. Fifty one forty nine. The Democrats couldn't get anybody. They couldn't even get all of their own people. Um, I'm pretty sure Joe Manchin and Kristen Semina were the two that uh, voted against it. And I'm pretty sure the Democrats are happy they raised the amount of votes they need now. (laughs) but, But Robbie, here's the thing. That that memo got leaked in at the end of April, beginning of May, mm-hmm. and the ruling wasn't until June 24th. 
And the Democrats literally didn't do anything uh, as far as attempting to codify the law. They could have put forth something to vote on, where, again, in the middle of all this, they could have had people lay out their vote for the public. And if it failed, then you could have been like, it's their fault. Instead, they did nothing. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but think, Robbie, that the Democratic Party wasn't actually a little bit excited about that overturning of Roe v. Wade because of the donations that have been pouring in, the organizing of liberal feminists to get this right back has been extraordinary. There's been rallies daily since. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're going to stop. The Supreme Court is still crying about about uh, people protesting in their neighborhoods. So th- it's been a very effective thing. Um, but I, I can't help but think, I mean, look, Trump raised $250 million off of the January 6th being a rigged election. And the Democrats seemingly allowed Roe v. Wade on their watch to be overturned and didn't attempt to stop it at all. Mm-hmm. Again, thinking if you bring us back in the fall, we can do this with the right amount of votes. Again, it's not about you. It's not about your rights. It's about the party. It's about the party getting back in charge. They're playing us. Both sides are playing us. And I can't stress this to people enough. Don't believe the stuff you see on the TV. Don't believe the stuff on the Internet. If you read an article and you want to you want to absolutely murder somebody on the other side, People are doing that to you on purpose. They're purposely trying to get you to hate one another, but they're coming for all of our rights. And don't think I'm wrong about this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people were uh, when Trump wanted was running for his first election, people were like, oh, he's going to run the country like a business and that'll work well for the economy. And I'm like now, especially now more than ever uh, it's so clearly easy to see it's like okay the com- the country has kind of been run like a business for the while for a while because a board of directors and like the highest shareholders are the ones that make the decisions for an entire company and those decisions often lead to just the little guys getting screwed the people at the higher ups getting bonuses and everything and just being like oh you know we've got such a hard job to do um and it's very complex when running this entire business it's like no, it's it's not as complex as you're making it sound. Is it like 50,000 times more complex warranting the amount of money that you're making? Robbie, look at the Washington Commanders, a very successful franchise. An NFL organization is, is always done very well. Racism and sexism rampant in the organization. Bad stuff was happening in the organization, but they were making money and nobody nobody... Nobody cared. Having a successful business doesn't necessarily mean that your culture is in check. Also, one and... of the main reasons Dan Snyder, the owner of the uh, command commanders, commandos, the commanders. Yeah, the commandos. That would have been a better name for what was happening there. Oh, it looks like they're upper management is just free balling it all the time anyway yeah. so. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the commanders um like dan snyder still owns them and that's probably because he has a lot of dirt on other people so they're like yeah we we got to punish him but like can, can we settle at paid leave and, and i'm willing to bet in politics everyone's got dirt so everyone's just like okay well if you don't want this out then this is how you got to go on this one. And it's it's a coordinated effort. And everyone's just kind of under the illusion that 
the people that are voted in are going to change things. Um, he was called to testify in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And Snyder, uh, yeah. Yeah, he was like, nah, I don't want to do it. Uh, he's also now accused of running a side or shadow investigation while he was being investigated. And that the emails that ultimately led to uh, John Gruden, Gruden yeah. losing his job as the head coach of the Raiders, uh, Bruce Allen, the general manager for the commanders, was seemingly the guy that got thrown under the bus. Guess who released all of those emails in his shadow investigation? Dan Snyder. That's it's the world leverage. we live in, people. It's the world we live in. Uh, one one last thought on all this. Joe Biden cut a deal with Mitch McConnell and was supposed to actually announce a Supreme Court, uh, a, a, a state appellate court nominee, a lifetime federalship in Kentucky to an anti-abortion conservative judge. And they only pulled back because the Supreme Court made their announcement that morning. If you don't think that the Democrats don't give a crap about you and your rights and abortion and all that, you got another thing coming. Cut a deal with Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell was like, I'll let you put, I'll, I'll let you fill the rest of your federal court appointments if you put this guy on to ensure that abortion will never happen ever in the state of Kentucky ever. That's yep. Mitch McConnell's goal. That's the legacy he wants to leave this country, that abortion goes away forever without ever understanding what an, what an abortion is. I, I think it goes farther for Mitch McConnell, who's just like, his leg, he wants to essentially tie a ball and chain to every aspect of America, and that's going to be his legacy because either against abortion or even the thing John Stewart had to fight for the longest time, just funding for 9-11 first responders. Right, dude. And, and all this shit, because he thinks that that's how Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton would have wanted it today. You know, it's, it's like so those super progressive fucking people. You think that they would want us living like it's 1840? Are you insane? I would uh, also like to point out a lot of the people that those people tend to reference being like, this is what someone would have wanted. Those people are almost never alive to right. counter the. I mean, it's even when um, after Kennedy got shot, um, uh, it was LBJ. Yeah, LBJ, right? Yeah, LBJ, who, um, wait, or was LBJ after Nixon? Who followed up Kennedy? LBJ. Yeah, okay. Um, but because the guy who followed up uh, Nixon pardoned him, and everyone was like, what? But the guy, uh, LBJ, used to be like, this is what John would have wanted, and got a lot of support for stuff like that, even when it seemed obviously against what Kennedy typically portrayed his view on. It's just you can easily come in and be like, this is what I, so and so would have wanted. I also just watched something that, again, alleged that LBJ was either behind it or somewhat involved in JFK's assassination because he wanted to be president. Yeah. Well, there's a whole lot of, I mean, you're the conspiracy. You have That's conspiracy. That's what Jack would have wanted. Yep. <laughs> Could you imagine Trump being like, me as president, that's what Joe Biden would have wanted. Yes, I could but see him on the doing debate it, stage saying it straight faced and just repeating it to the point where other people are like, you know, Joe Biden wants Donald Trump to be president. Yeah, and they don't quote people that are still alive because when they get clapped back, they're usually like, 
caught in a corner. Actually, this happened on live TV during a, a debate between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. And Joe Biden was like talking about Bernie Sanders. Uh, uh, or no, Joe was like, he was like, he looks at Bernie is like, should we talk about your super PAC? And then Bernie's like, no, and he's like, wait, wait, yes, let's talk about my super PAC. Go into detail about my super PAC, Joe. And Bernie never really had one. And then Joe is just like, ah, and then they changed the subject. He was like, no, no, no. Carry on talking about. That's hilarious. I don't know what you just got did my there, camera. Yeah. No, my camera camera just got really fuzzy, but uh, he I was like, no, that, go ahead and talk I about the pack that, that you're Joe referencing. Biden. And he's just like, yes, yes, please talk about the pack. And literally he was just like, eh, eh, let me just toss you to the side. I love that Joe Biden was talking out of his ass and then he was just like, ah, we should have elected Bernie Sanders. Dude. I'll, okay. Actually I hadn't. Yeah. This could be the final topic. Like, I mean, I don't agree with everything Bernie does, but also like a lot of the people didn't like him because he's quote unquote socialist. Um, but like, honestly, that's the point of America. If you don't like the views of, like not every president that's gone into office has gotten everything they wanted. That's the point of checks and balances and other people deciding on things. So um, I I was arguing the other day, like I thought, I think Bernie Sanders was in a better position to beat Donald Trump as opposed to Hillary Clinton, because it, Hillary's just got so much ammo for the type of things that Donald Trump would harp on. But Bernie Sanders usually explains things well, uh, at least like he addresses talking points that people bring up, which is why you see a lot of open debates with Bernie and other like conservative Republicans, because he's open to have those discussions. But um, uh, I also pointed out at one point that someone was like, ah, I don't believe Bernie would have won. And then like 10 minutes later, I just I completely had a thought. I was like, you know why Bernie would have been better against Trump than Hillary? Because he had a good grade from the NRA. Yeah. And I was like, everybody hates, like, even a lot of Democrats hate Hillary because, like, I mean, one, you're you're running for president and your husband has already lied to the entire country as president. So that's just one of a million other reasons that Trump could just pull out. Trump just had freaking extended magazines of ammunition of against ammunition Hillary. Against like, Hillary. there's probably a lot of other things that, like, Hillary could have gone at Donald Trump for, but honestly, like, and I'm not sexist, but I think a lot of people also would have had a problem with Hillary because she was a woman. I didn't have that problem, but a lot of people are just backwards thinkers. I think, I'll, and a Brother, lot of people that I have wanted to go with Bernie went over to Trump's side. Yeah. Because oh. they were like, this guy's legit and he's not a bullshitter. Number one, I have a friend and she's a Republican. Mm -hmm. And she does not believe women should serve at the highest levels of government. And I'm like, she has a daughter who's like 18. I'm like, you don't like you didn't tell your daughter she could be the president of the United States one day. And she's like, that's a man's job. So that's a real thing. Now, as to I as would to, understand that only if she only ever saw Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. <laughs> and those were the only women that she could understand in, in politics. She's like, oh, yeah, this is not a women's job. Look at those two. That. Yeah, there you go. Right. Here's the other thing. Trump and 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 Bernie. Um, and this played out well in the Midwest for Trump, especially in those places that he won that he wasn't supposed to like Wisconsin, North Carolina, down south was another one of those places, Ohio and Pennsylvania. Yep. The so-called Michigan, the blue wall. Bernie's talking about poor people 
and middle-class people and programs to make life easier for those people. Um, on, and Bill Clinton had told Hillary, don't run on this identity politics thing, because if you make the white man think that you're not, uh, you don't have his back, he's not voting for you. Mm -hmm. Hillary did extremely well in the Democratic Party with with minorities, with women, with blacks, uh, Hispanics, Asians. OK, with dudes, Bernie killed it with dudes. He killed it with unions of, and the actual working American man, too. Yes. So when I tell you, I, I truly believe that, listen, Trump versus Bernie, Bernie would have had to get over the idea and he would have had to explain ad nauseum what democratic socialism is and, and how it already exists in this country, how it saved us in the Great Depression to have democratic socialism, to have mm -hmm. these safety nets in place, to understand that the police and the fire department, that's democratic socialism. It's a service we all contribute to and enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, I think Bernie speaking to the working man in the Midwest, that blue wall stays up. Maybe Trump wins one of them. He doesn't win all five and, and Bernie easily wins that election. I truly believe that. I think enough Republicans that were repulsed by Trump could have gotten behind Bernie and the working man idea. So, yes, I do think that Bernie would have been a better candidate. And I do think that the Democrats greatly screwed themselves by not listening to the people because the people wanted Bernie. Yeah. I went and saw Bernie speak twice, Hartford and in New Haven. I've seen him uh, too. And it's just phenomenal. He, he phenomenal. hears everyone's actually one thing I loved. Um, when I went to see Bernie, he was taking questions. So there was one guy who was probably like early twenties who like, he had his hand up to ask a question, but Bernie kept calling other people. And then the guy starts jumping up and down. Like, like, like he clearly doesn't know like how to behave like an adult. And Bernie looks right at him and he's like, you ma'am. So he just like gave him a look like he was going to call him. And he was like, you're not acting appropriately looked over and was like, I'll answer your question, ma'am. I was just like, Bernie, like, he just seems like a, a generally good type of guy. I mean, you might not agree with his politics, but like there's documented evidence of him fighting for people since for 40 years black and white photos of yes. him just like for 40 years for people's this rights. Guys been saying that the working class people of America are being shit on and it's got to stop. And for his troubles, he got Fox News to call him a communist for two decades and for CNN and that ilk to basically ignore him until he ran for president mm -hmm. and brought up the idea, Robbie, that in the greatest nation on the planet and in the history of the world, that health care should be a human right. It should just come part and parcel with living here. We've got money to pay for Exxon Mobil's platforms that get damaged in the Caribbean. I think we've got the money to pay for health care for everybody. It's human life, which we pretend is so fucking precious. Yeah. At certain times, but you don't have a right to get medical care when you're sick or dying the people that think i didn't have that uh like given to me when i was growing up so other people shouldn't have it it's just like e there are so many things that we still have yet to accomplish if your struggles 
like if you're proud of the way you grew up and the person you've become, that's amazing. If you think it's because of the struggles, yes. Yeah. You should be proud of that completely. But if you think other people should struggle the way you did because they won't grow up to have like the pride in themselves that you do, or that you think it's, it makes them stronger. There's never going to be a lack of challenges for people to overcome. And people are going to have to understand and learn how to deal with problems. So we shouldn't be keeping them held back to the struggles that we had just because it's like, Oh, the country is the way it is because of the way these people struggle. It's like the country has advanced because of people overcoming struggles. The country is not as strong as it is because we keep dealing with the same struggles over and over again. Can you imagine if we were still dealing with like polio or um, just like safety issues? Like if, if planes keep falling out of the sky because of no regulation on safety stuff, if we never like, get over these challenges then we don't see the next challenge and we don't keep innovating and evolving um and i always thought the way he spoke about certain things like you could tell that he actually had plans and if you go back in time as they always do like especially now with biden they're like oh look at the way he voted against lgbtq rights in the past back before it was lgbtq plus it was just like gay rights or stuff like that it was just lg yeah it it was just g but no yeah you can see that Bernie's track record is almost as cons- it's consistent a lot of the time with what he's doing now. And a lot like even like he voted against the war in Iraq, Citizens United, a lot of things where they're not looking back and being like, oh, he was kind of on the right side of all these bad decisions, even when he was the only person against it. Yep. Um, it's just like, dude, dude doesn't budge. And because they, he knows what's media, right, and he knows the path that will make it a right the decision. The media convinced people that the one guy who spent the last 40 years trying to get them to get theirs, most people were against it. And even the people that were for it were like, it'll never happen, though. And it's like, we're not even... I hate anti-progressive people. Anti-progressive people are the kind of people that sink everybody. Mm -hmm. The people that are like... Nobody gives a shit what your life was like. You know, and you bring up a good point. I mean, dude, every day we advance humanity another step with cures to diseases and viruses and advancements to make work easier and to make more product and the to develop, you know, more technology and, and, you know, better ways of living and cleaner water. And there's like all this stuff that can be done. And then there's people that are like, that's stupid. If if I were 70 years old. And I were like, back in my day, and then the people I was talking to were like, yeah, that's all still the same. Like, what do you mean back in your day? I'd just be like, oh, crap, what have we done for the past 50 years? Like, if you say back in my day and things aren't different from back in your day, then there's a serious problem. So um, my wife's grandparents are in their early 80s, and there's a family member who's transitioning male to female. And every now and then, no, 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 the the family, grandparents, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and they're, they're cool about it. Sometimes they call her by his old name by mistake and immediately everybody cracks on him and like, oh, you guys, come on, you gotta, and it's like, my God, for 80 years, these people cut him some slack Mm -hmm. intent. They're not doing it from a, you don't need to like slap their dicks because they said it wrong. It's like they're trying. Mm-hmm. 
Especially when yeah. she's not around to hear it. What is everyone freaking out for? I don't understand that. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's so many easier ways to just be like, actually, you know, I, like I'd prefer, I'd prefer this, or you know, that's okay, I, I don't mind it, but this is, this is what I would consider the correct way to address me. Like, I would appreciate. But I think, that. Robbie, I think the thing that upsets people again, right? This idea that you have to start using pronouns or you have to address men as women and women as men. There's been no like, um, no buffer zone. There's been no like, can we just get used to the idea? Because something tells me in the in the not so short term future, maybe a decade from now, I think society for the most part will be like, oh, that was stupid. It was like when we wouldn't let the ladies vote or the blacks be free. You know, I think eventually, like, I, I hate to say this, but I think some of these ideas, I'm fine with all of this stuff. I don't care. I, I'm again, I'm all for people having their rights especially when it comes to the government regulating anything. But I think eventually all of these things will just be normal and it won't be so controversial and people will, but again, it's that like, I know yesterday there was only two agendas. Now there's 20 and you better get them all right. Starting right now. And you're like, Oh, I hate this. Of course you do. It's different. It's challenging. Well, progress used to be, persecuted for believing in science so that sure. got normalized after a while yeah it always does because it, uh, uh, we're always going to eventually err on the side of everyone's going to be like wow yeah look at that we didn't know mm-hmm. now we do and now everything is different so you know that was the, my other big message to conservative radio last week was i think in the future you're going to realize you're on the wrong side of a lot of these issues yeah uh it's probably wrap up we're getting on in time but on the on the topic of uh these kind of like state decisions uh i would like to kind of introduce a question for our next podcast yeah what what part of the country either individual state or province do you think would be the best qualified to actually secede from the nation because everyone's always like oh texas wants to secede again they're gonna collapse and i was thinking i was like who would probably be the what would be the most successful country out of our country? You know, I have two answers. I'll 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 work on some info, but I've already got two answers um, of different ilks. Even I'm a little biased. I think New England, but I mean, I've lived in New England my entire life, so I think a lot of things are good about it. But I want to do a little bit more research on different locations and actually see if I can find an answer. Either, yeah. you know, economically uh, or just like belief wise, you know, see way, way the odds. I think there are four states, maybe five. I'm, I'm going to try to justify five next week that I think could be based on economy and geography. Have enough, I think, uh, at least I'm going to try to prove their case. That resources to that they yeah that they would have the resources, the finances and geographically like if you're Kansas. I don't care how good things are going. Just say you're landlocked in the middle of the United States. You're not seceding from anything. Yeah, true. And you're also completely flat, which right. I don't think Michigan can. I'm just guessing. But again, with that big with the with the Great Lakes on top. I, I could almost I could almost justify them being between I could almost justify I I would have to look them up. We're that's gonna have to do some research. That's a that's a, that's our homework. But do you see what I'm saying? I, yeah. It's gotta. It's there's gotta a lot of ways you gotta think of it. 
Yeah, if your if your state is in the middle of a whole bunch of states, you're Tennessee, surrounded by seven other states, you're not going anywhere. I mean, there's I mean, there's also the 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 factor of social turmoil too. So how how like head buddy are different political parties in those states or you know how how well do people work together there's a lot to look at so that would be cool to talk about because that was something i was like i was like i always hear texas talking about it i was like i don't i personally based on what i know at the time i don't think they'd be uh, a super fantastic i think uh, right now in my mind robbie number three on my list really okay yeah Honestly, Texas would be. They could be a pretty. They could be a pretty hot hub for attracting business opportunities. But so we we we're we're, we're yeah, cutting right. into we're cutting we'll into next into week. Yeah, well, uh, we'll we'll be uh, talking a little bit more about that next week. Uh, for the time being, uh, yeah, we'll wrap up here. As you've seen at the bottom of the frames, we've got uh, our social media links. We got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, our podcasts are uploaded on youtube as well if you want to see our beautiful faces or just hear us in the background and you like youtube as a as a platform uh but we'll be on again uh coming at you next week and uh joe anything you want to you want to wrap up with any any thoughts or uh, prayers yeah p- thoughts and prayers actually you know what i if i could a uh, good friend of mine passed away this morning a great teacher at the connecticut school of broadcasting where we've turned out so many great students walter mcintyre uh was it was an amazing man i used to call him salty walt because he didn't like to give anybody a second chance uh if you messed up in class that was your one shot and he was unrelenting in that but uh just he was the original a- cancel culture Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Uh, So many students were like, he hates me. And I'm like, no, no, no. He likes you. Trust me. You'll see. You'll see when you get out there. Uh, And so I just want to he doesn't even have any family. So there's no one to send best wishes to. But uh, R.I.P. Walter McIntyre. The memory lives on. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're uh, we're happy to have you here and we'll see you again next week.